0: Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, senior pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. Today, we're going to be talking about some pearls of great price, okay? And we'll get to that in a moment. We're gonna use a Bible character today. The Bible character we're going to use is Jonah. Y'all remember Jonah? Yeah. Are you ready for the word? All right. Well, if you have your Bibles, you can go to the book of Jonah or your, uh, your phones or whatever else you may have, or if you like, you can just read with me. All right. And we're going to get into the word today is uh, a day that God had planned. Today is the only chance we have that God planned today. He planned today in your life he planned today for the whole world all the days before and all the people that have ever lived before they all culminate into this moment can you imagine that God invested so much he's invested approximately six thousand years generation after generation after generation sending his son He has invested so much to give you the chance he's going to give you today. Hoping that you would in turn give someone else an opportunity to know him. We can't change this world. It's not going to happen. But we can help people who are living in this world. We can help meet their physical needs, which we do. Every day we feed people. Every day we make sure that children who would not have had food, they go to bed with food in their stomachs because we care. We do our part. We do our part in our community. We make sure that we're meeting physical needs. We provide housing and shelter. Not just here in our community, but we do it first in our community. And then we reach out from our community to communities like ours around the world. Every day we feed 3,000 meals in India because you care, because you make a difference. We provide medical relief. We provide encouragement, counseling, preaching points. We minister to people in hospitals and nursing homes. I don't know how many each month we currently have, but generally we have somewhere between 25 and 30 services in our county jail, state prisons, and federal prison every month just from our church. That's amazing, huh? That's almost one every day that we are in some prison some jail, meeting with people who have been incarcerated for some reason, and people get born again. We see about 1,500 on average, maybe a little more, somewhere between 1,400 and 2,000 and, and 2, people born again every year in our jails. It's amazing. Yeah, give, give, give the Lord a hand clap. Thank you, Lord we do that because we're here and we're strong and we're making a difference you know our part is to hear what God gives us and to turn that into making a difference for others God has invested a lot in getting us to today we're not going to change the world but we can help people who are in the world we can help can't keep you from having a problem but it can help you when you have one jesus shows up he said in this world you will have tribulation he said but be of good cheer don't let that get you down don't let that spell the end for you because he said i have overcome this world the message of jesus christ is certainly a now message we must be born again We must accept Jesus. We must invite him into our life. We must receive his word. We must help ourselves to be a better reflection of God in the earth. Because we are the light of the world and we are the salt of the earth. And what we do makes a difference. Someone is watching you. Someone's listening to you. Someone is following you. Believe me, they are. You make a difference. We hope the difference we make is a better difference. And not a worse difference. We hope that we leave things better than we found them. We hope that we, that, that we leave people better than we found them. That's our hope. Yes. We hope. That we aren't. Sharing darkness with them. We won't change this world. But. We can help people in this world. We in fact are God's hope. Do you know that. God has limited himself to working through you and me. That's amazing to me that God depended on us for his plan to come to pass. He has this plan. And certainly we are, we are, we are very happy that, that what Jesus did impacts us today. It does. But that was not his full intent. You see, what Jesus did when he came and what God did when he offered his son, what he was doing and what he accomplished was to secure us an eternity. Everything that Jesus did, he did once and for all finally. He, he saved our souls For eternity. Now, I am so grateful that today I am saved, but one day I will be so saved. Woo! And that's what he was doing. He was, he was focused on my eternity. I, I thank God that today I am healed. I believe in healing. I pray for people to be healed. I have been healed. I thank God for miraculous healing. I thank God for divine intervention. But the greatest intervention that will ever happen in my life is when I take my last breath and step from this life to the next. There will be a God divine intervention. And on that day I will be so healed. Because by the stripes on the back of Jesus, he paid for my eternity. Eternal healing. There will be no more pain, no more sickness, no more worry, no more fear, no more frustration, no more irritation. Oh, praise God. I don't know how it's going to happen, Doug, but it's going to happen. I can't even imagine me having my brain washed to the extent that I don't even want to sin anymore. Can you imagine that? Now the Bible tells us that we should renew our mind with the word of God. We should take the word of God into our minds and it washes our minds and it helps me. It helps me think clear. It helps me want, you know, better. It, I mean, it, it helps me. I can go to God's Word and I can, I can fix a mental or emotional problem I'm having. I can fix this temporary moment. I can fix it. Of course, I'll have to fix it again a little bit later and I'll have to fix it again. And if something happens that makes me angry or frustrated or, you know, I, you know I, I get this spirit of short fuse, I can go to God's Word and, and, and it seems to help. But you know what? I've got to go right back there again. I've got to go right back there later and right back there again. But do you know one day... <laughs> My mind will be completely, 100% totally renewed. Do you know that's an eternal message? Every message in the Word of God points its greatest power at our eternal moment. Jesus died for us to have an eternal life. That's His promise. He helps us in this life. But in this life, we will have tribulation, and the next one, I will not. Woo! Oh, come on. Doesn't that kind of make you want to go? That's what the Apostle Paul said. I want to go. He said, in fact, if it's just about me, I would go. But the reason I'm not going right now is because if I did, some of you might not go. Right. Right. Yeah, we need it now. yeah. I know who you are, too. <laughs> I'm so glad that the person that led me to the Lord didn't decide that they were going to go to heaven without me. We're here to work. You know, we can't build a mansion worthy of glory on earth. We cannot amass wealth. We cannot cannot do the things that God has freely made for us. We can't amass these things on earth. A man's wealth does not consist of the abundance of the things that he possesses, but rather I have an eternal inheritance. And with our eye on eternity, we walk through this earth in this world, but not of this world, renewing our mind and crucifying our flesh and, and, and strengthening our spirit so that we might present God to others. That's our hope. And we get to enjoy life. My goodness, you know, we like boats and cars and, you know, nice houses and, you know, yeah, enjoy life. But realize this ain't it. This ain't it. You know, if you want to give your, your family a good future, give them Jesus. Because there is no future on planet Earth. What if I'm right? Well, caring about others is important. That's going to figure into these pearls of great price. Have you found Jonah chapter 1 yet? Jonah chapter 1. Reading from the New King James Version. The first verse says this. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amatea, saying. Now, let's hold right there. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, saying, The word of the Lord. Now that's a pretty big statement. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. God gave his word to special people in special times for special things. The word of the Lord. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, I say. Do you know, do you see perhaps in in, in your Bible, but you see on the screen, L-O-R-D is capitalized, all the letters. You know what that means? That means that that word is the Hebrew word Jehovah means the existing one. That's what Jehovah means, the existing one, okay? That's what Jehovah means. This is the the one true and living God. When you see L-O-R-D capitalized in the Old Testament, it's talking about almighty God. It's not talking about somebody in charge. This is talking about the one who was always existing and always will exist the word of this existing one. The word of the one true and living God. Wow. Word. This, this word, word means the expression of God. God said something. God expressed himself. It means that, that God communicated with Jonah. Isn't that great that God would choose to communicate with man? special moments, special times for special things, God expressed himself. He revealed his will to Jonah. Whoa, man, that's, that, that's powerful that God would choose to express himself to us and reveal his will to us. It is amazing. It. It, it can also uh, constitute a command. It's like the word, the word, it, it, it wasn't just, well, it was, it was Jonah, you know? He expressed this command. He gave his word, he, his word, the word of the Lord, came to Jonah. You know, the word of the Lord could have been sent to anyone, but it came to Jonah in this instance. Why? Well, the name Jonah means dove. And a dove is a representation in the Bible of peace and of comfort and of grace. It's a representation of of a gentle carrier of the Holy Spirit. Do you remember when Jesus was baptized? If you've read that passage, you know the Holy Spirit came down upon Jesus in the form of a dove. That representation of the Holy Spirit, this this word of the Lord, God's will came to Jonah, to this dove. Wow, this son of Amatei. You see, God knows the true nature of an individual. He knows your true nature. God knows you better than you know you. God knows a person even though they may not see themselves as God sees them. And sometimes people may even fight against the will of God, but nonetheless, God chooses who he wants to. And God chooses best. Out of all the people in the world, God's word came to Jonah. This dove, the son of Amittai. I find it interesting that that Amittai means my truth. The son of my truth. You see, God's word... The command of the Lord, God's Word, came to this dove, the Son of Truth. Let me, let me, let me read it in, in a way that, that, you know, when you read it in the English, it, 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 it may not have its full understanding. Let me just uh, uh, read it here. Now, the word of Jehovah, which is the expression of the perfect will of the one true and living God, came to a dove who was a Son of Truth, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh. Wow. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. You might say, You've said that enough, Pastor. I understand the word of the Lord. Oh, I don't think you do. (laughs) The word of the Lord came to Jonah. This particular phrase, the word of the Lord came whether it's to Abram or to Zachariah or to David or to Solomon, the Word of the Lord came. It's found 92 times in the Old Testament. The Word of the Lord came 92 times. Now remember... The Old Testament was a period of time when people did not have the Holy Spirit. They did not have an inner witness. They did not have the Word of God written in their hearts or on their minds. They had it on a table of stone. The Word of God did not look like it was living. It looked like a cold, dead piece of stone. It was a law to them. It was something that was unbendable, unchangeable. It could not love them back. It could not move. It was just cold and dead. The Bible called it a shadow of things to come, but not the very image. But it was just a shadow of things to come. It was a representation of what God hoped would be a teacher in their lives to keep them out of trouble. But in in here they had no conscious conviction of it. And so the word of the Lord had to come to them in a greater way in a living way. in In a way that had life. And so occasionally God would speak to an individual in special moments to special people. He would give them a special word so that when they went to people and repeated it it was repeated with life something that the stone could not do 92 times in the old testament the word of the lord came to someone and said something each time this phrase is used in the old testament it is a part it, it 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 creates a piece to the puzzle it is a part of the picture of god's will it's a great pearl a pearl that cost a lot for god to give it and if we Strung these pearls together. If we were to string them together over the course of 4,000 years of the Old Testament, it would represent a good God that had a good plan that wanted to help people, that just wanted to make sure that people knew that he would give them a second chance. He wanted people to know that, 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 that that, that the wages of your sin, I don't want you to have to pay for your sin. I want you to turn from your sin and turn to me and let me take care of it. I will forgive. I will love. I will help. I will heal and every time God would send someone special the Word of the Lord a redeeming Word would come and God God would send somebody with the Word to another group of people and that Word was aimed at helping the Word of the Lord like these pearls of great price all strung together show us the kindness and the loving care of a good God God sends us his word and when he does he is giving us his best every word is a pearl of great price Jonah 1 verse 1 now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the son of Amittai saying arise go to Nineveh that great city and cry out against it for their wickedness has come up before me Wow Why did God want Jonah to go to Nineveh? Those were a bunch of Babylonian sinners. A bunch of Persian idolaters. Why in the world would God want Jonah, his servant, to go to Nineveh? Because God loved the Ninevites. He loved them in their wickedness. He loved them in their idolatry. He didn't stop loving them because they didn't love him. He didn't stop caring about them because they didn't care about him. God loved them, but God knew a universal truth that they would have to pay for their sins if they did not let him pay for them. If they did not give their lives and turn their attention to him, the devil was going to consume them. This world would overcome them. And they would end up being robbed of joy. And and, and their goods would be stolen. And their peace would be gone. And and, and they, they, they would end up with their lives destroyed. They needed to turn. They needed this word of the Lord. God just wanted to give them an opportunity to change before their sins consumed them. So God did his best. He sent the word to Jonah, and he told Jonah, take this word to Nineveh. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, and he said, take it to Nineveh. Verse 3. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. God wanted Jonah to go to Nineveh. God gave Jonah a word, and he said, take this word to Nineveh. God's hope was salvation, but Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh. Why didn't Jonah want to go? Well, he didn't like those people. You can read about it in history. You can read about it in, in the Word. You can read it from, from, you know, from uh, scholars and, and commentaries. Uh, as we understand, the Jews didn't like the Ninevites, the Ninevites were sinners. They were just not good people. And Jonah didn't like them. And he he really didn't believe that they deserved to be forgiven. And, and, you know, the Ninevites were just historical enemies of the Jews. And besides that, Jonah was pretty comfortable right where he is. And, you know, people's comfort mean a lot to them. Hello? Come on now. This is good stuff. As well, if, if you read the whole book, you will find out at the end... Why Jonah was really didn't want to go? Because he knew God was going to forgive him anyway. He knew it. He knew. He said, God, I knew all along this is why I didn't want to come because I knew you were going to find a way to save him. I knew you were going to find a way to redeem him. I knew you were going to find a way. You weren't going to go ahead. I knew you were going to find a way. God, why did I have to come down here? You see, he knew God was going to... Take care of it anyway, with or without him most likely. So why bother? It's going to be okay. Why bother? I mean, it's not my problem. God will get him help from somewhere else. Why bother? Somebody else will help him. Why should I worry about it? Not my problem. Hello? Anything coming around yet? It's a lot of trouble to go all the way to Nineveh. I mean, he didn't even have a bicycle. It's just not worth the effort. And quite frankly, God, it's a waste of my time. I think I'll go on vacation instead. I think I'll pay my money to go on a vacation for me instead of going on a mission trip to help somebody else. Woo! Done gone to meddling now. It appears that Jonah really didn't care about anybody but Jonah. He was a servant of the Lord. He was a man of God. He was God's choice. He was God's best. But yet, he had a problem. His problem was selfishness. His comfort was pretty important to him. Nonetheless, the word of the Lord, God, came to Jonah and revealed God's will for Jonah's life. And even though, you know... Even though it affected Jonah, even though it would cost Jonah, yet what Jonah failed to realize is it wasn't all about Jonah. You see, so many times people imagine that just because it affects me, it must be about me. Let me tell you, most likely, it's not about you. Most likely, once you get born again, most likely, life is no longer all about you. If all you're doing is circling around you, you know live in some little pity party. What was me? Oh, me, 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 me. Me, I, what about me? What is that song? Well, Jonah was one of those. But nonetheless, guess what? The word of the Lord came to Jonah. When we read the word of the Lord came to Jonah saying, it's interesting to note as I said, that this phrase is used 92 times in the Old Testament? You know? Why? Well, because in the Old Testament, the Word of the Lord came to special people. The Word of the Lord came at special times to special people for special things. But do you know once you get to the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all the way through the book of Revelation? Now, the Word of the Lord came... To whomever, saying in the Old Testament 92 times. You get to the New Testament, it's never said again. Not one more time for the rest of the Bible is that phrase ever used. Why? Well, it's because in the New Testament, the word came to everybody. One time. The expression of God's will, the communication, the command of Jehovah, the Word, the living Word of God came in the New Testament and He came to us with the same hope that the word of the Lord came to Abram and came to David and came to Solomon and came to Zechariah and came to Jonah, is that we would take that word and not just go on vacation, but actually take that word to others. Same process, same Bible, same account. King David prophesied about this in Psalms 107, verses 20 and 21. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. What goodness? He sent his word. That's what David was prophesying about. God is going to send his word and heal you and deliver you from your own destructions. Oh, you should be thankful. Oh, that men would praise him. Oh, for his goodness and for the wonderful works that he does to the children of men. The elder John, the apostle, wrote to us. In John, the first chapter, he said this in verse 1, In the beginning was the Word. He wrote to us about this Word. The Word of the Lord came to Jonah, saying, Well, the Word of the Lord came to me. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 14, And the Word took upon flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld the glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus, the Word, came to us. The Word of the Lord has come to you and me in a much better fashion than it came to Jonah or to those in Nineveh. The living Word of the Lord, Jesus, our Savior. He now speaks in our hearts. And so, the Word of the Lord comes to every person. It speaks in our hearts, our minds, so that we hear his voice. The word of the Lord has come to you. Oh, you may not recognize it, but the word of the Lord has come to you. I mean, in a a greater and a more dynamic way than it came to Jonah. In a greater way. Now, Jonah took the word that God gave to him and went down and shared it with the Ninevites, and they all got saved. They all repented. They all turned to God. A representation of an Old Testament salvation and deliverance from their sins that were past. The word of the Lord has come to you. Do you know, he wants to save you from the wages of sin. He sent it to you for the same reason he sent it to the Ninevites. Jesus came so that he could do this blanket word on everybody. Boom, everybody. Sin wants to rob you of your joy, wants to steal your peace and wants to destroy your life. That's the truth what is sin sin is holding out on god what's the word saying to you well to some of you the word of the lord to you is repent what does that mean that means stop doing what you're doing and do something else stop going down that road turn around go down the other road go towards god quit quit going away from god listen you know it the word of the lord has come to you some of you that's pretty much all you're going to hear. Repent. Turn around. Quit. You know? Some of you, the word of the Lord has come to you and said love. You need to love. Some of you, the word of the Lord has come to you and said forgive. What's? I mean, the word of the Lord has come to you. Some of you, the word of the Lord is, is, to you is saying stop something. Stop. Stop. <laughs> That's the word of the Lord to some people. Stop. Have you ever heard someone say stop in your own mind? That's probably God. Stop. Stop that. Look at somebody and say stop that. That may be the word of the Lord you just gave them stop that. Stop something. The word of the Lord has come to you and to some of you the Lord is saying start something. Start. For some it says stop, for some it start, for, for 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 some of you the word of the Lord is go and for some of you the word of the Lord is stay. <laughs> will you be like the Ninevites and receive the word of God and say yes? Or will you be like Jonah and figure, eh, what's the use? I'm too tired. It's too much trouble to do it God's way. It's just not worth the effort. I'm kind of comfortable right where I am. I don't need to go. I don't need to stop. I don't need to start. I don't need to forgive. I I don't need to repent. I'm kind of comfortable right here. I'm kind of, no, I'm okay. Thanks. Thanks God. I'm okay. I'll be all right. I mean, that is an attitude we read about Jonah. No, thanks. The word of the Lord came to him. He said, nah, I think I'll go on vacation. I mean, when the word of the Lord comes to you, do you have an attitude of, oh, I don't have to worry about it? God's going to take care of it anyway. It's all right. God take care of it. You know, yeah, God take care of it. You know, you ever feel like you need to go witness somebody or, or share something with somebody and, and all of a sudden you go, eh, and the time passes and you go, whoo, good. God's probably taking care of it anyway. God, God will send somebody else. Somebody else can do it. It's a waste of my time and my energy. Why bother? I mean, it's not my problem right? You ever see somebody that needed help? And you go, not my problem. Somebody else take care of it. Besides, I don't really want to. I don't even like those people. They don't like me. I'm surprised that God would even want me to help them. I mean, he doesn't like what they're doing. They're ungodly. Why would we help them? I mean, why don't they get a job, Joe? Why are we feeding people? What's wrong down there? Boy, what people think to get out from under the word of the Lord. I just don't want to do what the word says. It'll be okay. God will get it done without me. They'll be all right. You know, God was prepared for what he already knew Jonah was going to do. He knew Jonah was going to say no. And God was prepared. God had prepared a great God is always prepared for what you will or will not do. What is he prepared to do? He's prepared to save you and give you another chance. That's what he prepared to do. This great fish that God had prepared was not punishment for Jonah. Come on, get real. It was salvation. How would Jonah have survived If God hadn't prepared to save him and give him another chance. God was prepared. Uh, He prepared this great fish not to punish Jonah, but to save him. Perhaps it wasn't the vacation Jonah imagined. You know, this Mediterranean Riviera. But it was a vacation all expense paid three-day excursion in a private room. There was no view, but there was a seafood buffet 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He had room service and there was express disembarking. I mean, he was put right on the beachfront all the way to dry ground. If you read the story, I mean, it was a pretty good deal. God was prepared to give Jonah The same second chance that he wanted Jonah to give the Ninevites. Do you know when God asks you to help someone, to love someone, to forgive someone, when God asks you to pray for someone, do you know what he's wanting? He's wanting to give them a chance. So what is he doing? He's giving you a chance. Because he wants to give them a chance. He's he's not asking you to give them a chance. He's giving you a chance. And he'll give them a chance. You see, God was giving Jonah a chance to give the Ninevites a chance. Because God wanted the Ninevites to repent, but he also wanted Jonah to repent. So on that three-day cruise, Jonah repented. God is also prepared for what you will and will not do with his word. Just like Jonah. When we disobey God, it can make things more difficult for us. And for everyone else. It wasn't just difficult Jonah. It was difficult for everybody on that boat. And the Ninevites stayed in their sin for several more days. We make it difficult on everyone when we disobey the word. In fact... It can become so unbearable that like Jonah, we decide we're going to change. And you will decide. But when you do, guess what? You're going to hear the very same thing that you heard before. Love, forgive, repent, stop, start, go, stay. It's going to be, I mean, it's going to be the same God with the same word. You see, God's word does not change. Jonah chapter 3 verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time saying... The word of the Lord came a second time. Guess what he said? Arise and go to Nineveh, (laughs) that great city, and preach the word that I give you. Wow. In closing this morning, I want to ask you something just fairly simple. You know, what is the word saying to you today? What is Jesus saying? saying to you is he trying to get you to quit worrying is he saying stop is he saying stop the pornography is he saying stop the drinking is he saying you know stop fussing and fighting quit that stop it or is he saying start something Is he telling you to forgive? Is he telling you to go? Is he telling you to stay? You know, remember, it's not all about you and yours. It's about him and his. God has a bigger plan than just you. But thankfully, he included you in his plan because you get a second chance too. You get second chances when you give second chances. God has a special word for you. Hear what Jesus is saying. Every word of God is a pearl of great price. It cost God a lot to send us his word. I'm so grateful that the word of the Lord came to us. And when it came to us, He was saying something to us that would save us and help us and bless us. Obey the word.